Today's topic is the kashering <coughs> excuse me, of cheese equipment. Now, uh, some of the equipment we're going to talk about could be is used in other industries as well, but making cheese uses, we're going to mention a handful of different things that are a little bit unusual. Um, so whether you need to kash them and how to kash them is a little bit different, is a little uh, less obvious. So we're going to be talking about these different things. Again, they can apply to other uh, industries as well. And the first is the cheese tanks. So we start by saying that cheese that's made without a Jewish person participating is also it's called Gvinasakam. Um, but in, in many cases, cheese is set um, at below Yatzla display. The word set means that this means when you put in the rennet and cause the, the cheese, the curd part of it to separate from what's called the whey, and that's what your cheese is. So if it was set below Yatzla display, so the cheese would, if it was made without a Jewish person participating, the cheese would still be also. Um but we we uh, assume that the vat is not absorbing any of that no, non-kosher tam because it's below yatsaladispay, and that's not so unusual that cheeses would be set at below is below yatsaladispay. So the the working assumption would be as well it was below yatsaladispay. So the tank that it was made in um, didn't become non-kosher. We can now use it for kosher cheese. So the question to that is is that. The way they keep the temperature in this tank, uh, let's say the temperature is set at 118 degrees Fahrenheit, which is below our cutoff of 120. The way they keep it that hot, exactly at that temperature, is because there's steam in the jacket. Well, the steam is 250 degrees. So shouldn't we think that, well, if the steam is 250 and the tank is um, 118 degrees, shouldn't, what about the fact that some of the cheese right alongside the walls of the of the you know, right near the steam jacket is below Yadza this way. I mean, wouldn't you think that if the middle of the tank is going to be two is going to one eighteen and the walls are two fifty or the or what's on the other side of the wall is two fifty, sure it would seem like that they would the the product that's alongside the walls is above Yadza this way. Um and it should cause a problem of it being uh, making please go into. So um Schechter thought that this is this is a case that was spoken about in the Shach, that the Shach speaks about a pot which is on the fire where the food doesn't get to be Yatzel at this point, which is like our case where there's, so to speak, a fire, there's something causing a lot of heat over here, the, the overall food is not going to be Yatzel at this point, but again, the, 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 the thought is that what's along the edges maybe is getting Yatzel, maybe it's not, so the Shach is inclined to, to be Mekel. Um, he personally thinks that you do not have to worry about Belize in that case, but he says others who are machmir, and therefore he wants to follow. He says you should follow the machmirim. But the primogodim, excuse me, bring from Yaakov says this that he's machmir is only to say is that time transfers from the pot into the food. Okay, But there's nothing. You don't have to be choshesh that time is transferring from one food to another food in that circumstance. Nor do you have to worry about food time transferring from the food into the pot. Okay, so so Shachta said. In our case, when they make the, the non-kosher cheese at below Yatzel at this point, there the, the concern is that time would go from the cheese into the pot, from the oichel kli, and in that case, we don't have to worry about that. Even though there's, <clears throat> it's on the fire, and, and, and presumably at that part it's very hot, you don't have to be worried about that. Okay, so that's where Shechta thought you could be mekel. However, um, the, even so, there is a case that you have to be machmer, and that is, this is, the point that Shechter is making is, based based on the way this Prim Gadim understands the Shach, his point is, is that we don't have to worry about time being transferred from the trave cheese into the into the walls of the tank. We would be worried about time coming the other direction from the walls back into the cheese. 
Well, there is a case like that because what happens if the company had previously made a treif cheese that was above yatala despoila? So they made Parmesan cheese, which is set at above um, yatala despoila. So then the tank is treif, then that tank for sure became treif. It wasn't this part of our question. Once the tank is already treif, now to make kosher cheese below yatala despoila, now the bleed has to come from the tank into the cheese that. The prima column is saying that we should be concerned, based on, you know, the shach is saying we should be concerned about time coming that way. So in that case, the vet would have to be kosher, even though the kosher cheese never gets to be yatzaleh despite, since the treif cheese does get to be yatzaleh despite, it makes the tank, the, 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 the it's called the double O, the, the tank makes it treif, uh, and therefore we would have to kosher before making it for cheese, which is blow yatzaleh despite. Now, this issue is not so common because... Uh, companies tend to be making the same cheeses again and again, and the people who make below yards of this boy or above, that's they sort of stick to what they're doing, but it definitely could come up, um, and it's worth bearing in mind. Okay, now the next thing is that most, just about every kind of cheese has salt added to it to draw out um, the whey and the lactose out of it, some of the moisture, it helps preserve it, it adds some flavor to it. Um, so most of the times the salt is added in a process called dry salting, which means you pour salt over the curd, the curd is what would be the cheese, before it's put into the mold. Okay, so the, when, when you make cheese, the, the, you put in the rennet, and that causes the curd to float to the top. The curd is like this soft, mushy, white stuff. I don't know what you call it. It just it looks like curd. Um, and what you do is you then squeeze out all the way out of it and put it into a mold. Uh, whether it hardens into the shape of a wheel or a block or however, you know, the shape that you want the cheese to be in. So dry salting is um, you put salt into it before you put it into the mold. Now, some, um, that's one kind of salting. The other kind is there are certain kinds of cheeses that are fancier, like string cheese and Parmesan. They are brine salted, which means is once you already have the cheese in the mold, it's already molded and it has its shape to it, then you put it into this pool of very salty water, brine. Um, you put it into this very salty water, and it sits, the, the whole wheel, the whole block of cheese sits in there for, it could be for a couple of minutes, or it could be for days or weeks, or for a very long time also. Okay, and that's, the, that's a different kind of brining um, used for, let's call brine salting for a fancier kind of cheeses. Now, the most obvious issue with brine salting is if the li- that this liquid brine that the cheese sits in is used again and again, they could use it for years. They just put in cheese into it. If the cheese is finished brining, they take it out, put in the next bunch of cheese. So obviously, if we're going to be making kosher cheese, we need to switch the brine. Take out the old brine and put in a new batch for the kosher cheese. Now, another thing is that brine um, is called, uh, we call that tzir, um, and tzir creates kavosh in a very short amount of time, and we say it's somewhere between 6 and 18 minutes, which means, in other words, it doesn't take 24 hours for um, for brine to um, to become kavosh. So that means is, let's say they're making, someone's making string cheese, and so the, that starts off with mozzarella cheese, and you put it through a brine tank for a short amount of time. Now, it won't sit there for 24 hours, but if it sits there for even for a couple of minutes, between you know six to eighteen minutes, it sits there for a short amount of time, it will cause coverage, which will cause bleeds to go in and out from the tank to the cheese and the other way around. So you'd have to uh, make sure that that tank was kosher. Now, a lot of these tanks that are used for brining, for the brine for uh, brining, are not are hard to kosher. First of all, because they're not built for handling heat. 
that's a, many of them. There's also typically no way to, no access to hot water in those places. And the, both of those are potentially possible to overcome. But what makes it extra complicated is that some of these brine tanks are made of cement. Um, cement is a type of cheres, and it can't be kosher with hagal at all. Okay, so a lot of times, for one of these different reasons, it's not really possible to kosher the brine tanks. So instead, what people will do is they can, they line the brine tank. I mean, they take the trafe brine out of the tank and put a line a lining into it. And when they're really big, they use a swimming pool liner. It's called, um, which is like it sounds like it's a liner for going on the inside of a swimming pool. So it's nice and big and thick and plastic. Uh, and the point there is, then the kosher cheese is really brining in the liner rather than brining inside the tank, um, and has no contact with the with the tank itself. You have to just be careful when you do this to make sure that there's no liquid between the tank and the liner, because if that were to happen, then it would help time transfer from the tank into the liner into the cheese also. Okay, um, so that's about the caching of those brine tanks. And just sort of an aside is um, that when you Brine, when cheese gets brined for a long time, so it's not just like they dunk the cheese into the brine and then just leave it there and don't do anything with it for, you know, weeks and weeks on end. Actually, what happens is, is that the cheese needs to be turned to make sure that it stays under the, the, under the water line. Excuse me, what happens is the cheese floats, so some of the cheese will be sticking out of the water, out of the brine. So it has to be turned every couple of days. So the factory needs to turn their they need to turn their cheeses or else they won't come out right the mashkiach wants to make sure that the cheeses are locked up or sealed so that no one switches tray for kosher make sure that the you know the cheeses stays separate the way they're supposed to be so we have a conflict over here he the mashkiach needs it to be locked up the company people need access to the cheese to do the turning so sometimes that means is the mashkiach has to keep coming back every time they want to turn it they'll call him back um if that's feasible. Sometimes that's not so feasible for him to be right there every time they want to do that. Um, and they'll use um, video or other types of way to monitor that he can keep an eye when they actually have to get into the room to make that changing. Um, one last thing is that there is a Shiloh whether the the, the, the idea of Malik Kereseach, that something salted has it in like it's hot, means that you have to kosher drain tables. When, when you dump out the brine cheese after it's over, you dump out this cheese onto a tank, onto a table, and the, you know, the, the brine uh, drains away from it. There's a question whether Malik Kiroseach applies to that. That's not too complicated for today, um, but there is such a question whether those uh, drain drainage tables need to be kosher. Okay, moving on, moving on, uh, moving on to uh, cheese wires. And they are, um, once you have your blocks of cheese that are ready, you know, they're ready to go, they're, they're you know, finished, um, the way you the way you slice them is is by t- pushing the cheese through these very thin, taut, strong wires. Um, and so, by pushing the cheese through it, the wires are really uh, tight and strong. And pushing cheese through slices it into what we used to slice cheese. Um, now it's done at room temperature, and you, even even so, you need to catch them. You have to catch them anyhow. And the reason is because. Um, if you use some kind of a utensil, let's say a plate with cold food uh, or food that's ambient temperature, then you just need you don't need to do any hot kind of kashring. You just have to make sure it's really clean very well. However, an exception to that rule is that if you use a knife to cut something not kosher, um, then you need to kash, you need to you don't need to clean it just by cleaning it like we usually do. You need to do a better cleaning called neitza. Neitza. Um, 
so so uh, and that's really what's going on over here. Um, the cheese is being essentially being cut by the wires. Now instead of the wire pushing through the cheese, the cheese is pushing through the wire. But it's the same idea that the cheese is being sliced uh, <clears throat> by by this, so to speak, by the wire. So it needs an itza. Okay, what's an itza? It means the, the way you're supposed to do an itza is you take the the knife and you you stick it into something that's very into into very hard, tightly packed dirt. Not too tight, but relatively hard tightly packed dirt 10 times, each one into a different spot. And the idea is, um, it either some place can say what it does is it takes off the film of residue that might be stuck onto the knife, or maybe it takes a certain amount of time that's below into the knife. But that, that's what you're supposed to do. You take the knife, go into the backyard, stick it into the hard dirt 10 times, um, to relatively hard dirt 10 times, and that's the cleaning that you need to do called Neitza when you use a knife to cut something that was not kosher. Now, this method of of kashring called neitza doesn't come doesn't come from terror it's not, it's not a pasuk um chazal are saying it based on their just understanding that the way knives are used and the way knives are either get grease stuck onto them or a little bit of bleed into them and the rules of kabbalah kachpata it tells you um the knife pushed through tells you that since the knife pushed through the cold the, the tray food we cash it by pushing it through the ground by pushing it into the ground also okay so um Pais can assume that this is a, this is not a xerzakasa. This is something, so to speak, logical. Um, so if we can obtain the same goal in a different direct, a different way, that'll do the trick also. Um, even though you didn't do the the technicalities of the itza, and our case is a really good example of that because these wires are functioning as knives, but it's obviously physically impossible to do an itza. You couldn't possibly push them into the ground. Um, you know, thrust them into the ground in a way that would get them clean. You know, you could stick them in the ground. That's not going to do anything. So what we do is um, they, they don't have the, they don't not they're not strong enough, uh, you know, tough enough, uh, solid enough to, to be pushed into the ground with any kind of force. So what we do is um, we do a reverse neitza. Okay, neitza usually is we push the knife into something abrasive. The soil is abrasive and it cleans off the knife or it draws out the blea from that thin layer inside of it. That's neitza. So in this case, what we do the opposite. We take the abra- something abrasive like steel wool, and we push or scrub it over the knife until it gets um, um, until it gets it um, as gets it as clean as it would have gotten um, when through an itza. So we're doing a a, a reverse neitza, so to speak. Um, but the, it's the same idea. Again, the point is that we're trying to. It, this is a logical way of cleaning, and we're just doing a little different method of it, which is what, really what Chazal would have been happy with. Some people even say you could just use soap and modern CIP methods um, because they're just as good, also, uh, even without abrasives. But the, the simpler way to do it, is, the simpler halachically way to do it, is just to use the abrasive right on the wires themselves, and that's considered kashim. Okay. And our last thing to talk about is a shrink tunnel, and that is that some cheese gets packaged in these special we call them bags, uh, and what, what they are is they heat, the, they put the cheese into the bag, close the bag up, and then they heat them until the bag shrinks, uh, it sort of melts the bag, and it shrinks and fits snugly around the cheese. Um, there's two ways to heat up these bags. One is, well, there's a third way, but there's two main ways to heat it up, and one is you put it through, a, you put, after the cheese is in the bag, you put it through a tunnel where hot water pours on it, and the other choice is that it goes through a bath of hot water, okay? Those are two different ways to heat up these, to, to heat the bags so that it'll shrink and, and it'll um, wrap tightly around the cheese. So the question is, does time transfer between the cheese and the water? 
when, when, either with the water pouring on it or the water bath, does it transfer onto it? So, in the in the hot tunnel where the water is pouring on it, um, it seems like the it sounds like eucleation. Okay, we have hot water pouring onto a cold bag of cheese, and the blea should be kadeklipa. If that was correct, then we wouldn't have a problem because blea is all in, in a through eri only go kadeklipa. Well, the bag, it, the bag itself is that thickness of a kadeklipa. So even if the tunnel would be not kosher because there's grease in it and all kinds of cheeses in it, it wouldn't affect. Um, it wouldn't affect. It wouldn't affect the. Um, it wouldn't affect the cheese. Um, it couldn't possibly affect the cheese. But the truth is, um, the tunnel, the, the the way it's constructed with all this hot water pouring, um, it ends up having the status of a something called hevel hakadera. That, which is to say, is that the chamber where the, where the cheeses pass through on a belt is so filled with steam that it's like the headspace in a pot. And the headspace in the pot is considered like a clearition, um, not eerie anymore. It's considered like a clearition, <coughs> and it bleeds would go through all the way through. Now, the other choice where the um, where the cheese is submerged in a hot bath is it seems like a case of um, which is say when you put something hot, cold into something hot, um, the din is we go tato govar, which means to say is the the since the lower one, the, the base one, is a hot one, it heats up the thing that's above it and causes uh, bleas to transfer completely through it. Okay, so that would that's on the simple understanding. There's a little other complications, but let's work with the simple understanding that that's considered that's a, a plain case of tatagavar. When something cold falls on something hot, blea goes through completely. Um, and the on top of that, it's worth bearing in mind that in order for the bags to shrink, um, they have to be about 190 degrees. Um, so that means to say is um, the 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 bag actually is quite hot. The cheese doesn't get hot, but that has the rule of tatogavar that the thing underneath is the the base thing is hot. Um, the the thing that's above it is also considered is assumed to be hot, and therefore time transits to it. So both basically both types of these shrink tunnels need to be kosher. What you got to do is you have to drain out the water, so we don't, we don't use the tray for water for kosher cheese. Um, clean the equipment like you know clip well. And then do Hagala. Um, sometimes Hagala is not so possible or not so realistic, or maybe any Benyama is not possible. So, what they'll do is um, the, the, cheap, the kosher people will just basically make their own bath. Um, they'll take a they'll put, uh, tank or a kettle and fill it up with hot water and then just dump every bag into them by themselves. And that'll cause it to shrink uh, without using the official uh, shrink timer that was meant for that.